Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 148. We made it. Yeah. Did you hear that? Did Nathan's hear that? back. Nathan's back. Oh, that's right. I wasn't here. So you didn't even know you were gone. I missed it. I do we I did not make it. You, you didn't did, make you it. Did we made not, that. We made that. Joke. We knew you wouldn't listen I mean, to I the other it. episodes. I made it to another. Day. We, we knew. You, we knew you weren't going to listen, and so we made that point that oh. we did not make it. I knew you, you wouldn't listen here. to the episodes yes. we did alone. I don't listen to episodes that I am on. <laughs> I don't <laughs> But why would you? You're here. I'm. All, I know what's going on. But you're on. back, and uh, you're you're not sick anymore. Not that I know of. Okay. Feeling better. I am feeling better. Strong and vigorous. I don't know. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. Good. Beard that's looks right. good. That's, that's right. the sign. That's right. As long that's as you're not mean. shedding sickness on me. I'm okay. uh, as far as I know, I'm not. Right. But, well, I'm glad to hear you that. You know, we're all going around getting each yeah. other sick. So. so we brought you back for uh, the most controversial episode we've ever done. That's how we're wow. going to title this. The most controversial episode ever. We can do that with what we want. It's very clickbait. I don't know if it's going to be controversial or not, but... The the episode that we're responding to certainly was, was the most controversial yes. that we didn't know was. Yes. Well, we sort of thought it might. Yes. So before we get into that, for those of you who are watching for, or what, listening for the first time, uh, this is uh, Ed. My name is Jason. This is Nathan. We're the teaching team at Community Christian Church. And uh, we answer questions, have conversations uh, about things that you ask us to so that we can learn how to respond to our world in a Jesus-centered way. And as I said uh, in the lead up, uh, we had an episode a few weeks ago, I can't remember how long ago, where uh, someone had asked us to respond to the question of whether or not we would attend a same-sex wedding mm. if, well, I guess they didn't say if we were invited, would we attend one, period? And so we discussed that uh, question. Do you remember what episode that was? I don't remember, but it's a few ago. 137. I, that's a, no, that's I don't think it was that guess. far ago. 142. I should have looked it up, but it didn't. was maybe five or six episodes ago. At least. Yeah, so, so yeah, you could probably find it you pretty can quick. Find what it. episode is this? This is 148. Okay. So I'd say, say one I was close, 142. Yeah. My guess was So if you wrong. haven't watched that episode, you can scroll back up, catch up, and see what we said there because we had a listener who had more questions based on that episode. And uh, we don't know if it's an original questioner or we don't. It with follow-ups. We do not know that. They yep. did not uh, give us their identity. But I will say this: it's the longest question. They win the award for the longest question. It is a lot of text. Uh, about half a page, and I'm going to read. I'm going to read all of it because you know, I feel like I owe it to the person. Um, and and I will say, you know, I guess somebody could take. You might could take this as being angry or antagonistic. I don't. I think I'm going to assume this person really wants to have the yeah, answers to their answer. questions, and we're going to do our best. To it does them. us better to think that they're yes. not angry. I'm believing the best. Yes, that's right. So, um, but there are some good questions in here. Some that I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see. We'll get into it. So, are y'all ready? I'm going to read I'm on this. Pins and needles. You're on pins and needles. All right. Here we go. I just watched your podcast on Christians attending same sex weddings. Aren't wedding celebrations of the union of two individuals? And isn't it wrong to celebrate sin? I understand there are heterosexual couples who are wrong for having sex before marriage, but their getting married is the solution to that particular problem or sin. Their wedding isn't celebrating the fact that they were sleeping together prior to it. Isn't it hypocritical to say you believe marriage is to be okay only between a man and a woman, but then attend a wedding that celebrates the exact opposite? I absolutely agree that love should be our response to all people, but is it loving to suppress God's truth in an effort to appease people? 
A family member or friend may know that I am opposed to same-sex marriages, but invite me to their wedding anyway out of obligation to our relationship. Wouldn't it be wrong to put that relationship before my beliefs? Where does the line get drawn between loving others and standing by truth? If a friend desperately felt like they needed an abortion and asked me to pay for it, would it that be the loving thing to do? If a friend was having an affair and asked me to help conceal it so their family wouldn't be destroyed, would that be the loving thing to do? If a friend was an alcoholic, would it be the loving thing to do to join them on a bar stool because everyone else deserted them? Celebrating a same-sex wedding feels a lot like enabling sin, or at the very least, choosing my earthly relationships over my faith. Jesus spent his time with sinners, yes, and didn't publicly call them out, but he never agreed with their sin, and he never celebrated them. Aren't we commanded to be lights in this world, even if it puts strain on our relationships in the world? Does loving someone always mean just doing whatever doesn't offend them? I'm not suggesting we end relationships with people in our lives we believe are sinning, as we are all sinners. I'm only suggesting that celebrating someone's sin isn't a loving thing to do. That's a lot. So, I want to say I agree with the last statement, that celebrating someone's sin is not a loving thing to do. Me too. I agree with that. I agree well. with that. So, I won't, so I won't, I think, I'd like to start there and say I agree yeah. with that statement. So, I would say that I think we would start from the same place, the, the person who sent this question in, I think we all have the same heart and desire. Yep. Well, right? I think, I think in, the end. in the conversation we had, it feels like the wrestling you're doing, it was part of the advice I remember at least mm. some of us saying, if not all of us saying, is that there is no one-size-fits-all answer to the question, should someone attend any wedding? Mm. Um, that You know what I mean? Yeah. And we said... This is why it's important to be in a community. This is why it's important to, to wrestle with these things. So I do think the questions you're asking are good, like the especially that final question of is what I'm doing celebrating their sin right. or is it loving them? There is there there is a line, but I don't know that the three of us get to decide for you in your relationship in that scenario, on every scenario, what love or celebrating sin looks like mm-hmm. in that situation. So there, There's a lot in there, and you may... Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, we don't want to stop you from leading our discussion, but there's a lot in there that just... They aren't the same. Some of the yeah. some of the illustrations they use, they mm-hmm. aren't the same. Well, they sound roughly the same, but they're not the same. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because that was one uh, point of discussion that I wanted to bring out, is um, there's a section in here where the questioner, um, you bring up a lot of different scenarios and saying, if I, if a friend wanted me to do this, would I do this? And I think you use uh, the, the idea of if they wanted an abortion and would I pay for it? Is that loving? If they had an affair, would I keep it quiet so to preserve the relationship? Is that loving? And you use a lot of these scenarios. And I, to echo sort of what Ed, I, began, I believe you began to say is, um, Whenever you do that as an argument for whatever decision that you want to make, I just want to point out that you often place yourself on some very shaky ground because, as you said, Ed, not all moral scenarios are the same. We yeah. can't just we can't just say, okay, I want, and I think this is what we all like because we all like certainty, at least I do. We all want to say, okay, here is the one-size-fits-all standard for all for dealing with every uh, sinful situation that I see a loved one in. I need to take a stand in this way and deal with their sin in this way. And that that guides me in 
every moral situation. I think when you do that, although I get what you're trying to do, is you want to be right with God and, and do the right thing in every circumstance, which is a good motivation. But I think you wind up putting yourself in situations where you might end up doing the unloving thing because you paint such a broad brush stroke over it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think the point you're making too. The, you know, because you know, one of the ones they used was about, there's a difference between paying for an abortion and going to a wedding I'm invited to. You didn't make the equivalency of my gay or lesbian friend asked me to pay for their wedding. Yeah, <laughs> or to you know, officiate their in order wedding. to officiate to, their wedding. Yeah, you know, because we have we made a, a wedding policy long long before gay marriage was legal, so it had nothing to do with gay marriage. And honestly, you know, they even talked about homos I mean, heterosexuality. That if you're sleeping together before, then getting married is the solve for that. It it really isn't. No, no you're really, talking about the solve for premarital sex is not. <clears throat> excuse me, the solve for premarital sex is not marriage. Yeah, yes. it's not. And that we Which I want to make clear, the solve for premarital sex is stop having premarital sex. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just want to, and I know that sounds very facetious, but I, I think that's an important distinction. It, it, it is, well, and, yeah, and to say that we don't celebrate it, I have been to yes. marriages of home, heterosexuals that very lightheartedly make fun of the fact that they're living together right. uh, at the time. and. Or in that fact, this won't be the, the first time. Their wedding night won't be the first time. I've been oh, in several where oh, I've been the, the joke is some of you think this is the first time they will have sex, but and they we make, all know. And make fun of the fact that the bride has white on when we all know that right. shouldn't be right. all of those things. In fact, I almost left a heterosexual marriage because they were attaching the name of God to this thing that they're, that they're just lighthearted making fun of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't. Maybe I should have in this yeah. light of. I'm just saying, and if you ask me if a friend who's been abandoned at a bar and who's drunk calls me and they don't have anybody to drive them home, am I going to go sit with them on the bar stool? Yes, I'm going to go. Well, because I was going to say. I, the, it is loving for me to not let them kill themselves or someone else. I think the equivalency on the abortion one, and I, I do think this is, if I had a friend or even someone that I know, you know, a family member that I love dearly, call me and say, I just had an abortion, but I have no one to drive me home. Mm. I have no one to come get me. Though I would not agree with their decision, it, I do not believe it's loving to say, you made your bed, go lay in it. Mm. it the better thing to do is, and this is where I want to get to, and I, I know we got to it on the last one. I just want to be clear. The most loving thing, and, I, and I've tried to think about this. This is at least what I teach my kids. The most loving thing you can do is be 100% honest in all situations. And what I mean by 100% honest is clear and, 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 and say what I mean. And what I mean in this is, in this situation, if I, because you've, once again, these are, you've, you've, you've created a situation of maybe the person invited me to the homosexual wedding out of obligation. Well, then why would I not call and say, did you invite me out of obligation Let's. You know I disagree. Do you want me there? Though you know I disagree. I want to make clear I'm not celebrating this, but I love you. Like, or here's why I'm not coming, and I'm not going to leave that up to debate. I remember listening to Stanley Hauerwas talk about one of his mentors. He's the Stanley Hauerwas is a philosopher and theologian, and what he said was he said it was frustrating to deal with this person because he said he believed love was impossible without clarity, 
and that most of our problems are that we're not clear. He said, so we'd say, hey, we're going to lunch. We're going to meet on the corner of this and this. And he would go, when you say the corner, do you mean right on this spot? And he'd go, yes. And he'd go, okay, that's the one with blah, blah. He goes, it would get frustrating because simple things became complex. He said, but what I learned was he didn't want to be in a position where you said we're going to meet here and we had two different ideas and now I'm mad at you because you blew me off and you're late and all the situations we get into. He believed the most loving thing you can do is be honest. And I think there are so many things what, what we're trying to do is to find a way to send a message without a conversation. I'm trying to find a way. Is my presence here sending this message? Is my non-presence here sending this message? You know what sends a message? A conversation. conversation. That if I sat with you and said, hey, look, I'm okay coming to your wedding, but I want to be clear. You and I both know we don't agree on what this is, but I do love you, yes. and that will not. Or the other way, if you feel so conflicted, you go, I want to tell you why I can't come to your wedding, but I still love you. The What I hear in this question on all of these things is, how can I figure out how to deal with sin without dealing with a person? Yeah, I, I'll just I'll give a very real, and I know they would not mind me sharing this. I have... I think pretty close friends that are are uh, gay, and uh, they asked me to be involved in something. And I say, you know, I can't do that. You know where we stand and all that kind of stuff. I said, but I don't want you to think that I don't love you. They said, oh, I know you love me. And I said, and my love, as you know, is not conditioned on whether you do everything I agree with or not. Mm. Like I hope your love for me is not <laughs> based on me. I said, my love for you is my love for you. Based on you getting wrong things wrong, and yes. you know, you don't. Yeah. Have, it's not behavior based. That's right. And that's what I would. The conversation I would have if I had a family member, if I was important enough for the. Because I'll just say this: most people I know now, they don't invite a lot of people out of obligation because weddings cost too much. That's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. wed, unless you're having it in your backyard, <laughs> and you yeah. you didn't have to pay a whole lot. Most people are paring down wedding lists mm -hmm. these days. And I would, if it felt obligation, I'd say, hey, if you invited me on obligation, you know we disagree. If you have somebody else you want to fill it, but if you really think I should do it, mm -hmm. it's a conversation. You're right. It's a yeah, conversation. It is. And but now I will also say, I can't, I can't take what the rest of their family or friends think about me being there. Oh, sure. That's yeah, that's right. a different If they yeah. think mm -hmm. I suddenly approve, yes. well, okay. Well, People but then that's a conversation I have to have. And, and this is the part I think that is important. I'm a, I'll keep this short because I know you've been trying to say something. No, but I, okay. think, I think on that part, I, am, I can't control what anyone thinks about me. Yes, right. But what I, what I have an obligation to is people that I am in a community to. Right. That they deserve to know those details of my life. So the example you gave. If, let's imagine this person is not a family member, all right? Because I think that mess is a little messier. But let's say it's a person... Maybe I go to church with or someone I'm very close with. I work with them and I know them. They've invited me something I don't necessarily agree with. I think I have an obligation to them to have that conversation, explain where I'm coming from on either, either side. But I don't have an obligation to their mom if their mom is not in my community. And if their mom goes, well, I thought you were so, so and if they want to have the conversation. Oh, I'm going to have the conversation if they it. start it. But I don't have to go to every person, as you've said. I don't have to go to every person at the wedding. But it may be important with people. There are degrees of relationships. And yeah, it, yeah. It, sometimes I think in our culture, that feels like a bad thing to say. There are degrees of relationships. Well, you touched on something that this is what I was kind of wanting to, 
to bring up because it was addressed in your question is um, you bring up Jesus um, and you talked about how he spent time with sinners, um, but he would never celebrate their sin. You, you do understand, because I'm assuming you've read your Gospels, that there were many people who thought Jesus was celebrating oh, yes. sin and called him out for it multiple times. Yes. Gave him the nickname Friend of Friend Sinner. of Sinners, glutton, drunkard. Uh, Jesus was called all of the things based on the places and people that he hung out. And Jesus never seemed bothered by that characterization. Now, to your point, Nathan, he did have conversations with the people like I, I take take for instance the, the the time when he went to have dinner at Zacchaeus's house, mm -hmm. he, he virtually invited himself over. <laughs> yeah, he said, did. I'm coming to your. He house. He invited himself to the wedding. Yeah, I'm coming to this wedding. I'm coming he's, to your house. He's crashing the bad. Party. I know you don't have enough food. I'm coming. That's right. To <laughs> and everybody, when they heard, they went, "Wait a minute! You're going to the house of a, of a notorious thief yeah. who's stealing from us. Why are you celebrating or condoning his sin?" And Again, it doesn't tell us whether, but I can imagine Jesus went on. He didn't address those people right. in that crowd. Mm -hmm. He did get to Zacchaeus' house, and it doesn't tell us he had a conversation about, Zacchaeus, I disagree with your sure, lifestyle yeah, and the way you're ripping people off. But we do know that just Jesus' calm and, and patient and graceful presence in Zacchaeus' home caused Zacchaeus to then change. Something brought light. Something happened. Yeah. Something brought light and hope to Zacchaeus. Exactly. And so we know that Jesus did have a direct conversation with him about that. And of course, it was clear at that point, Jesus was in disagreement with his lifestyle. So I, I say all that to, to, to address your point of, I don't want to be seen as celebrating. Any, and I will just say to you, I believe, and I think Jesus would... Uh, show us this in the way he lived, that sometimes love is going to cause you to do things that might be in misinterpreted. Mm. Sure, yes. and Particularly you, from the seen viewpoint. From the, from the yeah. viewpoint, view, back, viewpoint of seeing it. People might look at you and think, he condones sin, and you know very well you don't. But as Dallas Willard used to say, you know, maturity is allowing people to think whatever they will. That's right. right. And right. that's where you have to be as well. And don't take it as... Well, I'm somehow being disloyal to Jesus, or I am. I think your words were, "I have chosen uh, my earthly relationships over my faith." Mm. I would, I would, I would take issue with that phrase myself personally. Um, I, I don't, I don't think our faith leads us to choose it over people. Well, I believe there's an integration there that comes in there. I think mm -hmm. Jesus taught that pretty clearly too. So, I also want to say. By saying, I'm going to say no to this family member or whoever mm -hmm. so that I'm not seen and I don't want to choose earthly. I am choosing earthly relationships. I'm choosing the ones that I don't know what they think. That's true. That yeah. they might think something. Yeah. I know what this person thinks because I'm going to tell them no. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, to have a, I'm going to have a take a stand with them. I still don't know that these people think I did it right. But I am choosing these relationships over these relationships. Like, for example, because you just mentioned this, Ed, so I'll go back to it. Um, you just mentioned you have friends in your life uh, who right. are gay, and they know that you don't condone their sin. Right. And you love them. Yeah, that's right. There are also people that 
don't know you very well right. that think the opposite about you. Oh, absolutely. There are people in, in our church that are gay and lesbian who love our church and know where we stand. They are not, they do not think we can condone that. Yeah. There are other people that have come here that know we don't condone it. And they think we hate them. We, we have the same stance. We've chosen just to take the stance well, and, and try to the, lo love they, people as they allow us to have and, conversations. And I, what I was also meaning is there are Christian people yes. who look oh, at you and me well, and yeah. say we are condoning. Oh, yeah, yes. that's for sure. By, ex by that, accepting the person yeah. we That is for sure they, true. We so, are certainly the church where I have been told this yes. is where you can go and you can be drunk and high and you can do whatever you want to a community Christian. And they don't right. care. They don't right. care. They They're never going to they condone it. All of that. Okay, yeah. that's not true. That just yeah. means they don't know us. That's right. That's right. exactly right. So th that was the point I was trying to make. Yeah, that's a great point. That that exists no matter what you do. Yeah, no matter what you do, the Nathan has it right in that it's a mm -hmm. conversation. Yes, he does. The people who see it and don't allow me to have a conversation, mm -hmm. I can't choose them because I don't get the chance to choose them. Well, I don't get a chance to love them. I don't get a chance to interact with them. And if they would come and talk to me, maybe we could have an understanding. But to choose them thinking I know what they think, mm -hmm. I don't know what they think anyway. Well, and I think in the context of this, what it makes me think of in the whole conversation, this is more to what you were saying there, more of what I meant by the degrees of relationships. You know, Paul at one point talks about who am I to judge people outside the church, yes. but I do have an obligation to the people inside the mm -hmm. church. And so... That's what I meant by this person. Is this a person who's in your church family? They may be a part of your biological family, and they are not part of your church family, meaning they're not a believer. They're not bought into what we're bought into. Um, you continuously going, by the way, I, I think God is angry about what you're doing. By the way, I don't like this. That is not what we've been called to do. Now, if they're a part of my church family, yes, I have an obligation to say, hey, I think what, what is happening here, in any sin context, I have an obligation that when I know you are sinning and you have no uh, repentance around it, you have no desire to change it, you don't even maybe think it's wrong, yeah, I may have an obligation for you and I because I love you and I care about you to have some confrontation or some conversation around it. But to say then, oh, so-and-so at the wedding saw me there. They don't know the conversation I've had. I want to make clear to them I have it. That person's not in my church family. That person is not something, even if they're close. And I once again, if they have a conversation with me, I can be honest. I have no obligation because at some point, the way this goes is for us to be family. There are conversations that happen in my family that don't happen with other people because they're not in my family. That's right. And for us to be a church family, there are things that I have to have. And there are conversations I have to have with my daughters that no one else can have. There are conversations because I'm dad that no one else needs to step in and have. I'm the one that's supposed to have it. And I just think that's important because I think sometimes as Christians, we feel like I got to be standing up to sin all the time. Well, that's a really difficult stance because we really believe our entire... And this is where I think some of us don't see it. Our entire world is steeped in sin. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I go, I am consumed by people that, and I'm, I'm saying in the church too, this is not an imperfect. What I'm saying though is the values of our culture and our world, things that you may not even be offended by are sinful. That's a heavy burden that I've got to confront every single possible sin. But when someone's in, in, in my church family, when someone, when I'm brothers and sisters, and I see it, yeah, I probably need to have that conversation. And I just think those are two different situations. Yeah.
So, um, <laughs> anything else? Again, there's a lot here. I know we're probably not going to touch on every single point you made or every question. Um, but in a way of maybe putting a bow on this, um, I would go back to what Ed said in the very beginning um, about their your final statement, the person who wrote us uh, wrote to us, um, that you don't want uh, you want to make sure that you're not celebrating someone's sin and you're doing the loving th loving thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's our heart as well. Yes, and I don't I don't see the the two necessarily be always being in conflict, but sometimes might be. And so, again, I would say to you... Uh, it, I just, just for clarity's yeah. sake, are you saying that celebrating sin... No, being seen as celebrating oh, sin. Oh, yeah, what you're saying. Celebrating okay. sin. There is yeah. a difference. That but, but at the end of the day, you might... The way... And I'm speaking to the person who asked the question. What you might see as celebrating sin might be different than what yes. we might deduce yeah, I think based on a thoughtful consideration of that. We we haven't brought okay. up the passage of the meat sacrificed to idols. I think yeah. we did in the one before. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's really the overriding thought I have when I think about these kind of things of I'm trying to honor the person on either side. So, you know, if you don't know that, I'm sure you probably heard the idea of in Corinth, there's temples where meat is sacrificed, but then they don't eat all the meat. They, in the, they don't use the meat. They sell it. The temple sells it. Every day. And mm -hmm. if I used to go to that temple and now I've become a Christian, it violates my conscience for me to participate in that. Yes. Right. So I can't do it. But you grew up in some other culture and you're like, man, that's just meat and it's cheaper than the other meat. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to buy kosher meat. It's just cheaper mm -hmm. meat. It don't mean nothing. Well, that's fine. You and your family can eat that meat. Yeah. But if you invite me over to eat and you know that about me, yes, you must be loving to me. That's the concept. I must. But, and so I know that's a little difficult to get to. So I'll just say this. It's really clear to me on if you ask to have a, if, if an alcoholic asks me to buy him a drink, the answer is no. Yes. Right. <laughs> but mm -hmm. if the alcoholic is is in need of something that his alcohol has caused, like he can't get a ride to a job interview because he's lost his license over a DUI, or he did fall off the wagon and he's now at a bar and he can't get home because everybody's frustrated with him, and he calls me, it is unloving for me to not go help that person. I would I be seen going into the bar and some people think maybe I'm enabling this alcoholic when they see me walking out and he's stumbling over drunk? Yeah, they might think that. It doesn't mean that's what happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you ask me to hold a gay wedding at my house, the answer is going to be no. Mm -hmm. If you ask me to go, if you're a close personal friend of mine or a family member and I matter to you, and you ask me to go, I can't participate. I can't pray at the wedding. I can't. I can't do those kind of things because then I'm like enabling it. I'm helping yeah. it happen. And you're violating your conscience. I'm violating my conscience. Mm -hmm. But for me to go because you, I, I want you to know I love you. Mm -hmm. I love you. Yes. And anything I think where you can make that clear, I, I think that honors God. 
And well, I think that goes back to when Jesus said, you know, because I, and I, I'll, I'll refer to your question of, do I stand for my faith or do I prioritize relationships? I, I believe Jesus said that your faith is to prioritize relationships. Mm-hmm. He said, if you go to the temple and realize there's a bad relationship in your life, drop the temple, go to the relationship. I, there are times when standing for your faith needs to take a back seat. To relationships, and I know that sounds bad coming out of my mouth to a lot of people, but I believe I believe standing for my faith is to prioritize relationships with people, not to condone or celebrate a sin, but to, like you said, make it crystal clear I love you. Without doing that, yeah. is what my priority should always be. My my goal is eventually to help people and me. This is true of me too. The sin I should be mm-hmm. most worried about is mine. Mm-hmm. And taking a stand with me on my sin. My goal is eventually to help everybody see how whatever get command God has given me and them is a loving command. Mm-hmm. And if I just nail them with the command and they can't visibly see a Christian who is loving, they just think the command matters. And it's really hard sometimes to see how a command is loving when it contradicts what feels so right to you. Sure. I mean, I don't know how many times, I mean, should I continue to hang out with somebody that I know lives in bitterness against their child? Mm. And I, they know the Bible says they should forgive. That's open Mm -hmm. sin. And it's disregarding the cross of Christ, which paid for all sin. And should I continue to lovingly help them try to move toward that? Well, we'd all say yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it there is no difference between holding on to bitterness and, and homosexuality. Mm-hmm. There's, they're, they're, they're equal sins. There's, I, I have to, the taking of the stand is pointing out the truth and loving the person as they begin in, in the way I understand it. That, I, I know people would not see that as equivalent. Sure. Well, that's what that's where we're. That's, you wanted to know <laughs> that, where we're at on that, and I think I feel like we've said as much as we possibly can, and I hope and more than I probably should. More than we should. <laughs> I probably should have. Um, maybe I don't know. But I hope uh, whoever sent us this discussion, uh, I hope you see where our hearts are at. Um, we we're we love you. Yes. <laughs> and we even if you disagree and you might come away from this and say, I, I still think you're on the you know wrong side of this. And I would say, OK, we are still we can still be brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, and, and, and if you know I, us, if that's where you find yourself, I admit I have been wrong for a long time on lots of things. Mm-hmm. And I probably am now on things. It's probably time to move from some questions on the podcast that if you know me. Yeah. Hey, contact me directly. Let's try to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you can help me see where I'm off. Yeah. Well, and I would encourage you to, because I'm this kind of person too, of I like to think of hypothetical situations. If this is not a question that you are personally facing and it is causing you to be frustrated uh, with your church community over an answer that is not a question you are dealing with, you may need to put your question on the back burner. Because having a stance about something you don't have to, all it allows you to do is judge someone else who made a different decision. And if you are not currently trying to decide whether you should attend a same-sex wedding, Mm. and I don't mean this, I don't know why you're interested to know. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that I mean that for clarity's sake. I don't know why you're interested to know. So maybe you should kind of have a conversation. Here's why I'm interested to know, because if this is not a decision that affects something you are going to have to do, I have this a lot. I have to say this. We have a Friday night group, and I regularly have to say when we're asking questions to one another, I don't know. I don't know about this particular thing because it's not something I'm currently facing. I believe that the Holy Spirit working in me and working in the community of believers that when I bring this out and through the scriptures and through all of that, he's going to lead me. I don't believe the Bible is trying to give you a, if this random situation ever comes up, here's how you should handle going to a bar to pick someone up. Going ahead. That's not what the Bible is intending me to do. And I may need a wider community that I call and go, hey, this is the situation I'm in. Let's pray about this and see what God's leading. So that would be my encouragement. Have a conversation with us, or maybe, maybe you need to drop the question. Hmm. Good thoughts. Yeah. We will end on that. I think we've gone way past our normal <laughs> time limit. And uh, might might be uh, too much for some folks to listen to. We so, do appreciate the amount that you're writing it. I, yes. I can tell. I can tell you listened very clear clearly to our last episode that we talked about this and have put lots of thought into it, which uh, I commend well, you on that. I appreciate, I appreciate the fact it. that we get a chance to clarify yes. things we said that might have been misunderstood. Absolutely, by I love that. Yeah. So if we're unclear, help us. Help us uh, get clear. We want to be that. So thanks for listening. And uh, next week. Let's see what our next week question, I always like to tease next week. We are going to be talking about uh, some questions of death, the second coming, oh, well. things like that. Okay. We oh, talked wow. about the rapture last week. But yeah, we did. We're going we're to get into some of those kind of issues someone wants to know. So be back next week, and uh, we'll talk about that. So y'all have a good one. Bye.